Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Leo Burnett has had a long history in the creative and advertising industry. Since its inception in 1935, it has stood the test of time and continued to serve clients with award-winning creative and competitive results. Now 87 years old, Leo Burnett has had an interesting year. In 2023, the agency secured several new business wins, including QSR giant Duncan, while losing other large accounts like Wingstop. It has attracted new properties while continuing to serve long-standing clients like Kellogg's. And through it all, it has continued to make strong creative, earning Campaign US's creative breakthrough distinction earlier this year in the agency performance review. Now the agency is adapting to new leadership, as Liz Taylor joined in June as co-president and chief operating officer to lead the agency alongside co-president and chief creative officer Britt Nolan. In this episode, Taylor and Nolan discuss how the agency has worked to stay modern in the midst of many changes and innovations. They chat about what the creative process is like at Leo, how the company is weathering the current economic climate, and ways it is working to attract new talent. Plus, Nolan and Taylor talk about what innovations they are excited about heading into 2024. I'm Sabrina Sanchez, creative editor at Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, Liz Britt. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks. I'm looking forward to this conversation with you to chat all things Leo Burnett, creativity, lots of good stuff. How are you guys? Great. Doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to talk to you because Leo Burnett has had a long history. The agency has been around since 1935. So what is that? 87 years? Is that my estimate is correct? Long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think about 87 yeah, years. So, yeah, I wanted to start the conversation with um, just talking a little bit about from your perspective, obviously now working in the agency, learning a little bit about the history when you joined. How has Leo Burnett used, you know, its legacy to its advantage while innovating to keep up with modern marketing? You know, just from a wide angle lens point of view, I'm curious. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I can start that one being the kind of Leo Burnett veteran here. Um, <laughs> so I would, you know, one of the great things about um, being a part of a legacy agency like this is that, and I think part of the reason that Leo Burnett has endured as an agency is that a lot of the thinking that Leo himself put into, um, you know, kind of the agency's foundations and its core philosophy um, are pretty timeless. You know, so, so like there's a point of view um, that we actually really hold dear still today that what helps people helps business, right? And this, you know, kind of just fundamental view that, um, you know, the best thing we can do for our clients is understand what people care about and add value to their lives and make their brands matter to people. So, you know, it's just, stuff like taking those really basic things and those core values and and honoring them but not in a way that is about you know the man himself or um the time in which they were written um i want to steal this a little bit uh from um <laughs> I think it was a great thought in in bob Iger's masterclass where he talks about disney and he talks about the difference between um respect and reverence um you know respect being that you understand what the founder was going for and you honor that by keeping that point of view alive and keeping it modern uh, modern versus like reverence where you know you you treat 
the person and their thinking as if it was sacred and you can't touch it. Um, and I think the same holds true for us. So, you know, we try to approach it with respect, um, but not reverence and try to ask ourselves, what would Leo Burnett do today, you know, versus, uh, refusing to change or, or, or clinging to what the agency once was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that it's about leveraging 90, almost 90 years worth of learnings and bringing those into the modern era. So if you look at some of the uh, icons that Leo Burnett was responsible for back in the day, whether that's the Jolly Green Giant or Tony the Tiger, et cetera, I mean, the, the principles still hold true in terms of we know those things because they became part of culture. And that's what we're still doing today is trying to find ideas that resonate with culture in a meaningful way. And so um, it's not all that different. We have, again, almost 90 years worth of learnings to draw from on how to do that effectively. So it's it's really powerful to have uh, that sort of resource and, and history to look to uh, while also looking forward and looking into new tools and uh, new types of media to, to figure out how to bring our new ideas to life. Yeah, I mean, sort of on that note, you know, you've had an interesting year. Leo Burnett has had an interesting year, both creatively and in business. Talking a little bit about that modern marketing, you've secured several new business wins, including the QSR giant Duncan, which, you know, congratulations on that. That's incredible. Um, but you've also lost some business like Wingstop, which had put its account into review at the end of 2022. So how would you characterize the past year for the agency? What are some areas of focus that you have in mind, you know, heading into 2024? And what are some things that you plan to work on? That's a massive question. Um, <laughs> uh, everything and everything. Good. I'll let Britt tackle the first part because I'm I'm still relatively new. I just started about three and a half months ago. So uh, I can't speak to the first part of this year, but uh, so I'll let Britt tackle that, tackle that one. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, in the in the past year, when you count our wins versus our losses, um, we've had way more wins than losses, and and you know, losses are inevitable. Um, we're really proud of the work that we did with Wingstop. We you know we started that relationship when they were a much smaller company, and um, and it, and it was a great one because we got to partner very closely with not just the marketing department but their CEO um, to really like build the the business and the brand at the same time. And, um, I won't try to quote the numbers on exactly how much their share price increased. Cause I know I'll get it slightly wrong. Um, but it was a huge success, um, for all of us. And, uh, you know, and, and, and unfortunately things have to come to an end sometimes, but, um, but at the same time, the past year, like we, we just had a string of, uh, of new business wins, um, that was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's always so great when you're in that kind of honeymoon phase and, you know, you start a pitch from really just dreaming about what their brand can be. And, um, you know, and, and everything is, you know, just fresh and new and exciting. I love pitching for that reason. You know, it, it brings such energy to the agency and it's, uh, and it's just so much fun to get super excited about, you know, a strategy and idea right along with a client, um, so that's actually, you know, pitching's intense, but but it's been a blast, and we've been really lucky to, um, you know, meet clients along the way, like Duncan, um, who've been, you know, aligned with like the, the kind of work that we want to be doing, and and just a fit for us culturally. 
So I'd say, I mean, that kind of new business momentum has been a big factor in the past year. We've, we've put a lot of, um, a lot of energy and effort into that and have been rewarded for it. Um, so I think the theme now is like, you know, taking that momentum and never getting complacent, like always staying curious about, you know, how do we, you know, just keep staying modern and staying ahead of things and taking care of our people and building our culture and all the things like, that's why I said it's such a big question. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that we're doing, but we're (laughs) super fortunate to leverage the momentum of some, you know, some good wins and, you know, some exciting clients. And for me, it's been really exciting to come in at this point when we do have so much momentum and work with Brett to um, think through what our future looks like, how we get there, where we want to go, what opportunities we see, et cetera. And so I feel incredibly lucky to have, you know, come in at a point in the agency's history where there's a lot of really exciting stuff going on. Um, and, and yeah, as he said, you know, looking at all these different aspects of the business to, to figure out what sort of things we want to take advantage of moving forward. Yeah. I actually wanted to talk about that, Liz, cause you joined Leo Burnett as co-president and chief operating officer in June to lead the agency alongside yeah. Brit. So <laughs> how are you working together to co-lead the agency? Like, do you have any plans to restructure the teams or bring on more new faces and is your leadership team in place? Like, I'm curious to get some insight there. Yeah, we just hired a new head of strategy, uh, Samantha Sesco. She's amazing and really excited to have her on board. So that's been a hire that uh, that we've we've been thrilled about. And we've been looking for a long time for that role. So excited to have that cast. In terms of restructure, I think right now, I mean, I've been basically on a listening tour since I got here to just try to understand what things are working, what things aren't working, uh, start to formulate some ideas on how we can gain more efficiencies and is there better ways to do the things that we're doing? And, uh, and if so, what are those? So those are, you know, we're looking at a myriad of things right now that, um, as options. Um, and I don't think that we have one set plan just yet, but, um, that's something that we would want to certainly collaborate with the team on and, before we implemented anything, but um, definitely have some thoughts on on stuff we can do to reduce drag, et cetera. But yeah, there's so much talent and heart and passion in this office. I think that's one of the things that, that has been really striking to me coming in new is uh, and people are incredible in this place. It's just so neat to see how much heart Uh, our employees have for this agency. And so, you know, trying to think about the best way to harness that talent and, and, you know, motivate that talent and, and, you know, get everybody performing at their absolute best is, is what we're focused on now. Yeah. And in terms of like our, our partnership, I think, uh, to to just go back to that part of the question, like (laughs) we're doing a thing. (laughs) No, we're just like, just trying to, I mean, really like, spend a lot of time together and, and like mm-hmm. form a bit of that mind meld. It's a, um, it's a really interesting process. You know, like there's something magical about a great partnership and, uh, you know, creative teams have it figured out, right? Like, you know, since writers and art directors started working together, there's uh, it's kind of proven that having two people with a s- similar goal, but the, but a slightly different mindset, like, you know, there's some magic in there. Um, when you have a new partner, and you're running a big agency and you're both like very busy. 
um, it's so important for us to just spend a lot of time, like just getting ourselves like, you know, in the same place, right? Like you meet, you know, during the interview process, like we knew that we had chemistry and we knew that we, um, that we aligned on our point of view and what we wanted to do. And we admired each other's work. Um, I definitely admired hers. I think she told me that she admires mine. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but then you go, but then there's like so much more depth to be had there. And, and we, we block time on our calendars every week to just make sure that we spend like a good chunk of time together. You know, there's, there's no real way to replicate the just, um, you know, just kind of over communicating and just experiencing a lot of the same things and sharing thoughts and random stuff and texting each other articles and podcasts that you thought were interesting. And really just like, <laughs> I feel like we're like in a melding phase, you know, yeah. we, we share a room, right? Like there's an <laughs> office with a desk and we're in a pretty open floor plan here. So, um, you know, people tend to kind of sit out in the open and move around and whatever, but we, you know, we, like we have, it was really important to us, just a really simple idea of just having a desk that we sit at. Um, because it means that we run into each other a lot of times during yeah. the day and all those little kind of conversations and things that happen, like just help kind of build, you know, um, that like mini hive mind. Yeah. And I think we're both very intentional about our partnership. Um, one of the things that when we first started working together, Britt suggested was that we both read this book, uh, about, uh, creative partnership and which, you know, had a number of different partners over the years, like Lennon and McCartney and Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and all these different famous duos and what had made them successful creative partners. And, um, you know, I think that we, I'm, I'm a business person that cares deeply about the work and Britt is a creative who cares deeply about the business. And so we have, you know, in addition to the shared values and, and that sort of thing that he spoke about a minute ago, we have, um, you know, very complementary approaches to things. And, you know, and again, you know, reading that book and talking about it together and, and making sure that we're doing what we can to touch base throughout the day. Um, there's just an intentionality to everything that I think uh, is is making us you know, if there is a mind meld, which I think there is, because the other day we were in a meeting and I said, what about Hoosie Pants? And he was like, oh, I don't know about Hoosie Pants. And everybody else at the meeting was like, what the hell just happened? I know who Hoosie so, Pants was. Yeah, he knew exactly what I was talking about. So, you know, I think, I think, but I, but again, it's, it's an intention. There's an intentionality to it. Yeah. And I would hope that any company that's, you know, leading people, would do what you're doing. So, you know, I kind of wanted to stay on that for a little bit because you both lead Leo Burnett from its headquarters in Chicago. But, you know, we've talked a little bit about how you're working together with one another. How do you work with other Leo Burnett offices in the U.S.? And, you know, do you go to market together or do you operate largely independently? Um, in the U.S., uh, Leo Burnett is really um, Chicago and Detroit. Um, and you know, we, we do, uh, help each other out, you know, kind of when, when it's needed, but, um, you know, we have our own clients and all that kind of stuff. Um, Leo Burnett globally, one of the things I love about, um, working here and, and one of the things that, um, you know, has like kept me here slash gotten me to come back when I've boomeranged is just the strength of the global network. Um, 
we get together globally, like definitely three times a year. We have a process that we call the GPC. It's the Global Product Council. And we get together and we, we all, you know, kind of share our best work and we evaluate it and we critique it. Um, Liz was able to join one just a few weeks ago, which I think was an awesome immersion for her. But it's just like, you know, uh, a, a, a week of, you know, hanging out and, and really making it all about the work. So what the result of that is not only like that we always like inspiring each other and challenging each other and, you know, keeping each other fresh, but you, you wind up forming friendships and relationships, um, where like, if I have a piece of work that, um, you know, that I have a question about or want totally fresh eyes on, I can send it to, you know, a number of people around the world and, you know, they'll get right back to me with their thoughts. And I do, I do that, you know, in reverse. Um, so the global network is like, uh, I didn't want to use the word family, but I'm struggling to (laughs) find another one. There's a family feel to it. Um, you know, and we do jump in like every once in a while on a new business pitch or, you know, uh, sometimes there are clients that we work on together. Um, but we more, you know, just stay connected because we all know that we're better for it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I actually, um, was curious to talk a little bit more about the creative process because in addition to new clients like Duncan and Morgan Beam Properties, um, Leo Burnett has a lot of longstanding clients like Kellogg's, which, you know, you mentioned Tony, the tiger at the beginning. Um, talk about how Leo Burnett works to bring fresh ideas to each of these different sectors and relationships. How do you approach the creative process? What does it look like in your, you know, if I could be a little fly on the wall in your, uh, chemistry process what would it be like um boy i would say like it's uh it's always a little different and it's always kind of the same i mean you know um one way we've described our process is that like we make a mess and then we clean it up um i mean it's really important to kind of accelerate um you know building chemistry and alignment and really like digging into a problem and making that intense um, from the beginning, right. So that the, the group is, is just kind of like in it and generating and, um, you know, and doing that whole thing and then taking a step back to edit and, you know, kill ideas and refine and, and all that. I mean, it's, um, I, whether it's an old client or a new one, you know, we're just, um, we're just all always pushing each other to come up with the best thing we can. And I guess like this is fairly obvious, but, um, but it really starts with strategy and like really interrogating the problem, you know, at the core of, of the brief or the brand, um, you know, cause kind of once we get there and we get really curious about what's, what's really going on here, you know, with this brand or with this product, um, that's how we start to really unlock things. But but I think like whether a client is, is old or new, we're constantly challenging ourselves to, to stay fresh. I don't, I don't think you'd find a client that would allow you to treat an old client like an old client. <laughs> you know, it's just what we owe them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as, as Britt mentioned before, this idea of what's, you know, good for people is good for business, you know, making sure that we're taking the business problems given to us by clients and turning them into to human problems and then going from there before we start ideating so that we know that we're ideating, ideating against something that, that people are really going to care about. Yeah, that's, um, that sounds great. It sounds like a really 
interesting chemistry process, I will say. <laughs> Destroy it first and then build it back up. Um, first time I've ever heard that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to know a little bit about your chemistry process because lately some people in the industry feel that the caliber and quality of creative has fallen. Right. And in our own reporting, we've seen that creative agencies are also facing difficulties with performance, client losses, staff reductions, restructuring, you know, economic downturn, all these things that you keep hearing about in the news. So what are your perspectives on the current state of the creative business and what do you think the industry needs in order to reignite the agency model? I, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think that, that it's a challenging time for the world generally right now, creative aside. We've just come through a pandemic. We've come through rocky economy, et cetera. And I think that everybody's struggling regardless of industry right now to try to, to understand what our new norm as, as a planet is, frankly. Um, and so I don't think it's, a, it's something that's necessarily unique to the creative industry. That said, I think um, when I see work that feels like it's, it's not as good as it could be, um, and that's just generally in the industry, I think the, the thing that feels like the common theme uh, is just a lack of simplicity. And I think the more we can distill things down to the absolute essence of what it is we're trying to do and what it is we're trying to say, the better. Um, you know, there's so many different new mediums and, and ways to bring an idea to life. And all of those are great. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a really simple idea that consumers will understand, you know, without uh, the, the added benefit of, you know, motion or sound, et cetera, you know, if you just have a core, core idea, um, if that's not there, then, you know, things get, get messy. Uh, I also think that a lot of times, you know, there's increasing amounts of testing going on, which certainly has a place. Um, but I think that can often take work that would have been a little bit more straightforward and potentially evolve it in a way that isn't as, as, uh, effective as you would want it to be. And so, you know, encouraging each other to have the, the courage of our convictions to know that we're smart marketers and what we're putting out in the world will be effective. And, um, yeah, but I think, I mean, that's, that's a, that's an added bit, but I do think that at the end of the day, that the biggest thing I see is, is not, is, is our ideas that aren't as simple as they could be. I mean, Britt, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. And I'd also echo, um, your comment about, um, you know, just like conviction and confidence. I think, you know, um, there's always just a lot of noise, um, in and around, you know, our industry and, and our jobs, and it can be confusing. Um, and I think it can, it can, um, interfere with the simplicity and clarity of thinking that, that you need, but, um, but agencies, like all sorts of bad things happen when you're on your back foot and when you're, and when you're doubting yourselves and, you know, um, and I, 
I think it's important that we just remind ourselves that at the end of the day, creativity is incredibly valuable. And, you know, and an idea can change the trajectory of a business. And there's something that we're able to do that our clients are not able to do. And we need to be proud of that and have and have faith in it. You know, it doesn't mean that, like, we need to be like arrogant and not listen and not be flexible and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but we do need to get ourselves in a place where we're, you know, where we're confident. Um, we believe in the work that we're bringing because I think that's when we're at our best. Like that's when we're at our most bold. I think when, you know, when people get, um, you know, trying to kind of, when you're, when you're, when you're running downfield and you're just looking over your shoulder constantly, it's hard to go very fast. You know, you can be more bold if you just, if you believe in, in what you're doing. Um, so I feel like a lot of it is, uh, is a matter of just like, tuning out noise, um, you know, doing your homework. So you, so you believe in what you're bringing and, you know, being, being brave and confident about it. Yeah. 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 Um, I hope that our listeners definitely take that bit away from this conversation (laughs) if they take nothing else. Um, but you know, Liz, you mentioned that this is these struggles or some of these challenges that are, that are happening are not specific to the industry, but, are just happening, you know, across the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think we could all agree that there's economic challenges and there's layoffs and there's all these things happening, but how is Leo Burnett navigating the current economic climate? How is the agency preparing to weather, for example, the next couple months, especially as the end of the year approaches, you know, we're in Q4. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like any other company and, you know, we monitor our financials and, you know, try to be smart about where we make our investments. I think as a company, we will always, um, you know, look to do what's best for our people. That's one of the things that drew me to Leo Burnett is that it's, you know, it's human focused, it's, it's people focused. And I think that's one of the things that Britt and I both feel strongly about is that, you know, the idea of having happy employees, great work, happy clients, you know, and making money that, that all those things are not achievable. You're going to have to make a sacrifice on one of those. And I think we both feel strongly that, that as an agency, you can have all four, uh, but it starts with having employees that feel engaged and supported and, uh, you know, in an environment where they can bring ideas forward, et cetera. And so, you know, I think as you look at, at what investments to make in the coming year, ensuring that at the core of that is investing in our people and whatever we can do to, to help build up a culture in which our employees are thriving. Yeah, which I think goes hand in hand with, um, you know, I think part, part of what you're, you're poking at in the question is like, it makes me realize that, you know, such a huge part of our job is... Um, doing everything we can to keep the agency financially healthy. And, um, and we've been really fortunate. Um, and that's an amazing thing to be able to provide as a leader, you know, so that you can have an environment where people aren't living in fear. I mean, fear and creativity can't coexist. Don't, don't go well right? together. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go well. I'll say, you know, um, I, I, I'd also say like another thing that's really important to us is, um, is offering people like personal growth and, um, 
you know, making our culture kind of a competitive advantage from a recruiting standpoint where like, I mean, what I mean by that is like, we have a lot of, um, there's a real emphasis on like training, you know, there's a lot that a person can get here. Yeah. I mean, learning and development, there's a, there's a lot that a, that, that a person can get, not just at the open up, but across publicist group, they take, you know, that, that very seriously. And, um, you know, I think it's important because at the end of the day, when you, you know, we also have a, um, a dynamic where more and more people, it's, it's kind of never been easier to, to go it alone in terms of your career, right? Like you don't have to work full time for a company. Um, so when you think about like, why would a person work at any agency? Why would a creative professional be a full timer? Um, I, I think the answer to that question is because that's how you get better. You know, like you will, you will continue to improve your craft. You put yourself in an environment where people are invested in your growth and they're going to challenge you and they're going to, you know, invest in teaching you things and, you know, make you a part of a community. Um, and all those kind of things that, you know, we have to offer people something a little bit more than just the transaction of like, you do the work and I give you a paycheck. You got to create something that's rewarding for them. And that's, you know, energizing and worth being a part of. Um, it's really key. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know, speaking of talent, there's a huge creative talent pool out there. And um, sort of on that note of what are you doing to attract and retain talent in, and bring fresh ideas? What skills are you also most focused on or do you feel that you most need? Like what is something that a candidate brings to the table that catches your eye right now? I mean, I would say, you know, if you're speaking more generally, we're just uh, we had some Verizon ad fellows that were incredible, uh, and have been working with us for the past few months. And they just gave us a presentation right before this interview. And, uh, you know, we were talking to them afterwards about what we look for whenever we're hiring anybody. And at a, in a general level, I think it's humble and hungry. You know, those are the, that's, those are the, the criteria that we're looking for, for any role. Uh, regardless of skill set, I'll let Britt speak to if there's specific creative skill sets that we're looking for. But um, but at a macro level, it's you know people that are excited to be here, people that uh, that are passionate, um, people that subscribe to our you know kind of ethos of of creativity and kindness and impact and um, yeah. So I think that's that's the answer at a more broad level. Yeah, I just and yeah, and I just uh, I guess build on that to say like you know humble and hungry. I think um, I think that's great. I mean, humble you know kind of speaks to our flavor, and hungry is like anybody. Like you have to be curious, you have to be a learner, you've got to be self motivated. Like things yeah. are changing so quickly that if you don't, um, if you're not like interested and in constantly learning, you're gonna you're gonna you know get left behind. Um, I you know, I think like the cliche answer is people that have like hybrid skill sets or at least curiosity about what others do. Um, one that I found interesting lately is like the, the like strategists who know about media is a pretty mm. great hybrid, um, in today's world, you know, cause how an idea connects with people is so important. Um, so that's one that like, if I was talking to a young person, on either in either strategy or media, I'd encourage them to, you know, jump the other way and learn both. 
<laughs> nudge, nudge to anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, but to your point, you know, I, I think like, and and it's interesting because um, Campaign is going to be having the big awards coming up soon in November, November 15th. Uh, shameless plug. And, you know, we tapped a, a bunch of young talent to judge some of the work. And it's just incredible to hear them talk about this work and how they're evaluating it and how they think about it and how they perceive it in the world. Um, and, you know, I, I would definitely encourage any agency out there to like work with young people, mentor them and talk to them about these things, you know, what you're looking for. Um, Cause they're super smart. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming up on the end of our conversation here, but I did want to ask what new trends and innovations in the creative industry are you most are you most looking forward to trying or adopting? I know there's a lot of talk out there about new tech, hint, hint. Um, but I'm just curious <laughs> if there's anything else that's grabbing your attention. Can I say the thing that, that probably everybody says? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know where I'm going? Um, I am. <laughs> I mean, you kind of can't not talk about AI. Um, I think... Uh, and, and, you know, I like the way that you asked that question because, um, it's just a, it's just an interesting space, you know, it's just a thing that we're very curious about. Um, and to your point about like, you know, tapping the young people, we're, we're looking at it a couple ways. We're trying to just tap the collective curiosity of our people because it, you know, encourage people to play around, um, and, you know, share out, you know, what they're learning, what they're seeing, what's working. Um, we're, Fortunately, um, Publicis has a, a partnership with um, with OpenAI to, uh, to 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 build out some tools um, for the group and make things available to um, to everybody. So, like through Marcel, which is basically like a, a learning productivity platform, um, people can have access to uh, all sorts of stuff that they're just playing with. I mean, one of the obvious, one of the little ways we're looking at it is like you know, there's a, there's a very like, um, basic way that it is making a lot of little tasks easier, which saves us mental bandwidth to focus on, you know, higher value thinking, which is pretty great. Um, but beyond that, like, I don't know, I'm really, I'm really curious to see what happens. You know, it's, (laughs) there's a lot there. Yeah. (laughs) Liz, what about you? I'm curious. I mean, I would say, I would say AI, but I also, you know, I I feel like when it comes to technology, every few years, there's something new and, uh, you know, and, and you, you look at them as tools, right? And again, it's, it's, it's just another tool that we can, we can employ to, uh, be smarter in terms of how we offer up personalization with our messaging, uh, you know, get more efficient at how we do comps and that sort of thing. And so I think that's the thing right now, but, you know, I, I am always excited to see, uh, to see what sort of evolutions, uh, come about and what are interesting ways to leverage them, uh, to better serve, our client's business, regardless of what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid this topic of AI. I think it's everywhere, but with good reason, right? right. It's as buzzy as the internet um, and as exciting and uh, innovative as just about anything else I've seen. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Right now, yeah. yeah. I w- earlier, I was actually playing with an AI tool on CapCut. Oh, Have you guys okay. heard of this one yet? No. So TikTok video editing makes it quicker, right? This yeah. was an app that came out. Um, a couple years ago, but now they have an, an AI tool that pretty much just does it for you. Oh, amazing. So, um, yeah, you know, and that's, that's just one of many tools, but. Well, thanks for that pro tip, Sabrina. We'll have to check it well, out. Yeah. Try out CapCut <laughs> and try out just about this every not other a sponsored AI podcast, just to be clear. <laughs> it's not a sponsored. I know. Right. I should. Yeah preface that. Um, but on that note, thank you both so much for your thoughts. I mean, um, it's definitely interesting to hear about how things are working out at Leo Burnett, how you think about things, how you approach creativity and what you're most looking forward to in the new year. So I hope to continue the conversations. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening to Campaign Chemistry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and head to campaignlive.com for all the latest news on advertising and marketing.